A Pentagon official goes full Michael Vick, the most viewed Wikipedia pages of 2023, and Grand Theft Auto in real life. This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Top story, a high-ranking Pentagon official goes full Michael Vick. Full Michael Vick, this Pentagon official, was arrested and is being charged with running a dog fighting ring out of his home. And get this, the dude whose name is Frederick Moorfield was up until he was arrested. His position was Deputy Chief Information Officer at the Pentagon. Deputy Chief Information Officer at the Pentagon. He was a Pentagon propagandist is what this guy was. And when they arrested the dude, they found all of the stuff consistent with dogfighting rings, including electrical equipment and jumper cables that are used to kill the dogs that lose the fights. And I'll tell you about all the other crazy stuff they found in a minute. What a piece of trash this dude is. I, I mean, this is a guy, the Pentagon, this is the type of person that they trust to give the public the most important information. At least that's what they tell us that these information officers are giving us. These are the morals of a person like this has. I guess it should, shouldn't be that surprising. He gets paid tons of money to blatantly lie to the American public about the war machine. So I don't know why I'm surprised that he gets paid so much money to do that. And he, he spends his off time killing dogs. And listen to this. He named his dog fighting operation Jihad Kennels. G-E-E-H-A-D Kennels. War Kennels. In, in a jokey way, he named it War Kennels. And he was arrested with this other dude, which I guess was his partner. And the investigator said that the two men shared messages. This is the evidence they collected. They shared messages on this forum where apparently people who do dog fighting rings in D.C. you know, get on. Uh, encrypted forum. They shared messages on how to train dogs for illegal dog fighting. They exchanged videos about dog fighting. And they arranged and coordinated the dog fights through this forum. They also discussed betting on dog fighting as well as a dog that had recently died as a result of it. And they circulated media reports about what happens to dog fighters who are caught by law enforcement. Which it appears he will soon be finding out. Now at his house, authorities recovered 12 dogs along with veterinary steroids, training schedules, carpet that appeared to be stained with blood, medical staple guns, a weighted dog vest, a phone with access to those encrypted chats that they used to coordinate the dog fights, a device used to forcibly impregnate female dogs, and electrical equipment and jumper cables. Oh, and the, the weighted dog vest that they make the dogs wear, I don't know, to train them or during the fights, I don't know. But it had a logo patch on it that said Jihad, G-E-E-H-A-D, the name of his, his kennel on it. The, the Jihad Kennels, ha-ha, hilarious, you, you sick piece of trash. And they, I have not seen this story in the news at all. This is the type of story that would actually unite people on the left, right, and all sides because it doesn't have the 
our team versus your team. It just has, this is a high-ranking Pentagon official who is an absolute piece of the lowest form of person on the planet. I mean, this is a guy that our government hired to do strategic communications to the American people for the Department of Defense at the Pentagon. Obviously, that's why we haven't heard much about it. Doesn't look too good. And the Department of the Department of Defense say that they can confirm that the individual is no longer in the workplace, but cannot comment further, which raises the question: Is he fired? Because you didn't say that he was fired. You didn't say that he quit. You said that he's no longer in the workplace, and we know how. You information officers and strategic communicators like to manipulate words to lead people to believe one thing while technically not lying. That's the type of thing someone says when the person is still technically on staff and getting paid, but they're just taking a leave of absence while everything blows over. There's no telling who else is involved in this. I doubt it's just this guy. I doubt nobody knew about it. It's kind of like when they found Jimmy Savile's rape dungeon after he died. I think someone knew where to look. I don't think he was using that by himself. And I doubt this guy was using his little dogfighting basement by himself and his one partner either. I want to know who else is involved in this. These are the lowest form of human beings right here. Both Moorfield and his partner face charges with a maximum a maximum penalty of five years in prison. Five years in prison? How about if they are found guilty? Seems to be a lot of evidence in the department's publication thus far. If they're found guilty, how about we put these two pricks in a basement, a bloodstained basement with weighted vest on, and have them duke it out, have our own little dog fight. All right, next story. The rest of the show is going to be a little bit lighter than the trash that work in our government. I have a scam story for you, actually. I'm not going to point out what the scam is until the end. See if you can see where this is going. I highlight these stories every now and then when I see them because I just... I'm not surprised anymore about how people can get away with, with such scams. And maybe you'll even argue that this is not necessarily a scam, but I think it's a little scammy personally. So this lady, let me get this up on screen here, let me find it, from the Washington Post, maybe they're even in on this little ruse they're doing here. This lady goes into a Chipotle and she didn't get her burrito the way that she liked it. You know, I don't know if there was not enough sauce on there, the wrong sauce, the wrong order. I, I, I don't know. And, and so she gets upset, throws a little bit of a, a, a tantrum, and then tries to kind of slam throw, because they were in close proximity, the burrito into the employee's face. And the employee demonstrated quick reflexes and blocked that burrito, sent it back where it came from, sending ingredients flying everywhere. 
And the angry customer, whose name is Rosemary, then storms around and storms out of the Chipotle. Chipotle. And then I guess the cops were called because she was later arrested and she was charged with assault and found guilty. And let me show you a, a video of the incident here. There you see it. There it is. Watch the defense. I mean, she could play center for a women's basketball team until she's replaced by a, a man identifying as a woman, of course. But here it is on screen. The argument ensues. Still arguing. They're at the counter. Bam! I wish I could get that in slow-mo. Then she storms out. Man, that, that, man, she is angry. Everybody pulls out the cell phone now. At the first sign of a little bit of an argument, people are like, well, better get my cell phone. Nobody's like, maybe I'll go defuse the problem. Maybe I can be a mediator and help humanity. Everybody's like, some stuff's about to go down. Let's get out the phone. And this guy's, you see, there's multiple people filming. There's one person filming, and in front of him, in the line of view of the camera, is another person filming. What has society come to? That was an angry lady. She, she went to Chipotle. Am I even saying the name of that place right? I, I might not be. I think I've been there one time. And she had something on her mind that she wanted, and she ordered her food goes through the line, walks away, realizes that she got the order. That's not what she ordered, and she just freaking lost it. All right? I do wonder, though, why wasn't it corrected? How did it escalate like this? Let's look at that slam again. I mean, this is hardcore. You see, you can see that the employee there, let's see if we can get a bigger screen there, appears to have purplish hair like you might see at Starbucks. So I wonder what that interaction was. If, I, if we move it in slow-mo right there. In fact, I think I can do it. No, I can't do it in slow-mo. No, so she kind of jukes to the left like she's going to leave. The customer does. Then, then rethinks it, comes back, and you see her. There, She whips her arm back, and she thrust, kind of pushes it into the face of the employee who throws up the block. I mean, maybe some Taekwondo classes are involved there, but that was... Getting some lettuce, kind of going down her shirt a little bit there, but there she goes. There's her friend, and they walk out of there with her tiny pink shorts on uh, someone who shouldn't be wearing tiny pink shorts. Let's just leave it at that. So back to the story. Let me get that back up on the screen. <laughs> now, you probably have no idea where it's going when it comes to the scam part thus far. This chick who tried to slam the burrito in the... Uh, pink hair girl's face. She was originally going to have to pay a fine and serve 180 days in jail, the perpetrator. However, the judge gave this woman the opportunity, Rosemary is her name, to cut her jail time down to 60 days on one condition. She had to agree to work 20 hours a week at a fast food restaurant for two months. She took the deal. So 180 days in jail versus making no money probably. I don't know, do you even get a work assignment in jail when you're only there for 180 days? I, I don't know, what is that, 180 days? So it's five months, 30, 60, 90, 
120, 150. It's like six months. Six months in jail for a burrito incident. Goodness. Versus four months with half of that time in jail and the other half you're working at a fast food place. Making money. This seems like an insult to everybody who works there because the whole idea around this is there's, there's so many kinds, like hundreds of comments on this story. It's like unionize, unionize Chipotle and fight back against these people who treat workers at fast food places like trash. So in this framing of this story, it's like the woman who tried to do the sandwich smash is the haves and the person making the sandwich is the have not the haves not whatever and the woman going to work in the fast food place is she's going to be walking into a nightmare right it's like how how why did you start working here or when did you start working here and she's like when i was ordered to by a judge why did judge do that? Because I tried to smash one of you low-life scum workers in the face with a burrito. And now he's making me work with you commoners. And everybody else is going to be like, well, my dad, mom, made me do this to get some responsibility. But now we hate you. It's a hostile environment. And what if she's a terrible employee? I mean, she probably is. She almost definitely is a bad employee. Do they have to continue to employ her, this fast food place? It seems like the real punishment here is to whatever fast food place is going to be forced to employ this clearly obvious bad worker. I don't think there's any question that that person is going to be very bad at doing that. She, maybe she'll get thrown back in jail if she gets fired. I, I don't know. The victim in the story, the one who got the burrito or who blocked the burrito, very skillfully, I think anyway, told the judge at trial that the past two months since the incident happened had been the worst of her life and that she deals with the trauma of the incident daily. The trauma of lettuce and sauce and, and, and beef and, and sour cream flying around, just it's so traumatic. She's clearly a progressive. Uh, there's, there's no question about that. Th that's, that's not a traumatic incident. We all saw the incident, okay? She's not getting PTSD here every time she catches a whiff uh, of spicy sauce after what happened. But the way she's talking to the judge, you would think that's the case. I think personally that she should be like a hero she, she should be a badass, but because she's been conditioned to get offended and be a victim in every situation is what I'm speculating here. I, I, I think that she should have stood up after she blocked that burrito. She should have got up on the counter, stretched her arms out, looked around and said, who's next? Who wants to try and smash a burrito in this face next? And then do you, do you want to? How about she should have just started intimidating people, stepped down, and started slapping everybody high fives. It should have been a monumental, heroic moment of badassery for her that lived on through stories and myth for the rest of Chipotle's existence, long after she leaves. Remember the story of the woman who blocked the burrito. 
I remember, and instilled confidence in all other Chipotle employees. But no, she interpreted it as, oh my gosh, I've been victimized by a burrito tosser. And what if it happens again? And she went to court to, I'm assuming tearfully, the way that it's written, give her testimony about the trauma, emotional, psychological trauma that she is experiencing. Personally, I, I think the judge should also sentence the, the victim here to 180 days of just not being a pussy about what happened. Maybe she has to work for 180 days. She has to chest bump two or three people a day and speak in the third person about herself and and bully a customer or two a week just to just to get her out of the pussification of this moment here i I think it would help everyone either intimidate some people or go to prison and you become the bitch here's what she told the washington post because for some reason the washington post decided to interview this chick she told them I had to work with food in my face and my hair for the next four hours because no one was sent to relieve her. Chipotle didn't help her out. They made their lettuce sauce covered employee continue working. And then she said this, she said, I went to the emergency room after my shift. Anyone who says to themselves, oh my gosh, I need to go to the emergency room after my shift is over in four hours doesn't understand the concept of emergency rooms. Emergency rooms are places you go when you need immediate care. And once you get there, then you wait for four hours in the lobby. Went to the emergency room after that? Did she get shot also? Like, oh my gosh, someone shot you. You're bleeding everywhere. I'll call 911. No, 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 no. Just wait until my shift's over. And they did call 911, actually. And they filed a police report, and the cops, they got the license plate, and they had the receipt because she paid for the sandwich. I mean, who, who pays for a uh, sandwich or burrito and smashes it in the employee's face and leaves? I mean, talk about hangry. She, she went home hangry. And then police went right over to her house where she was, and she admitted doing it. Probably still hadn't ate. Was probably still a little hostile. And then they arrested her. The police did say that she felt bad about doing it. Well, she should have felt bad about doing it because it was stupid. I mean, she probably paid $15 for that burrito. I think that place is pretty expensive for her. Fast. I mean, she just she went there, pissed all over $15, $20, bucks, and then ended up getting sentenced to working fast food for for two months because of it after spending time i mean that's not a good trip for lunch right there it's a bad use of time and money anyway where were we here okay i love this quote from chipotle's chief corporate affairs officer she said the health and safety of our employer our employees is our greatest priority, <laughs> clearly. And we're pleased to see justice served for any individual that does not treat our team members with the respect they deserve, says the company that made their employee work for four hours before going to the emergency room. Sounds like pumping those burritos out is their greatest priority, in my opinion.
So it looks like this employee, because of how poorly, according to her, Chipotle responded to this incident. She quit a month later. We're getting to the part about the scam. Like, yeah, we're getting there right now. Saying that Chipotle was unsupportive after assault was committed against her. And she said that she did not feel safe anymore and that she had anxiety every day that she went to work. Every day, she didn't feel safe. Maybe she thought there was going to be a, a repeat attack, a copycat burrito tosser. PTSD was being triggered every time she saw burritos. Flashback of lettuce, meat, sauce flying all over her face, uh, a big giant woman in tiny pink shorts screaming like a lunatic. I mean, that's a traumatic incident. And here's the kicker. And I was wondering where this was going to go. How's she going to try and cash in on this? I thought maybe she would sue the company for not protecting her after this incident. You know, say that Chipotle refused to get her personal security guards every time she was at work, nor did they build her burrito-proof glassing to work behind, nor did they offer her any burrito trauma counseling during work hours. I thought maybe we'd see some sort of social justice lawsuit like that, but that is not what happened because she wouldn't have much of a case there, I don't think, although the court systems don't really care about law anymore right now. So what do you do instead if you don't have much of a legal case? to cash in on a little bit of uh, playing the victim. You do what everyone does in that situation. You do a GoFundMe campaign. It's a GoFundMe scam. The story says that a GoFundMe campaign, this is what the story says, but the story actually is a little bit under how much she's raised. It says that she has raised nearly $2,000 right now but I'm guessing because of this story, that number, I'm going to show you what that number is right now. How much money this chick has raised for therapy. She's raising money for therapy to deal with the trauma of having a burrito thrown at her face, which she blocked like she's Dikembe Mutombo or something like that. She's raised over, here it is, 6000 $6,000 has this $6,151. The goal was only $1,500. Why are people continuing to donate? I think total number of don 228 people read the story and said, I need to help this girl. They're not, you're not helping someone in this situation here. It, well, it doesn't help society. Anyway, what you're showing this person, Emily here, is that they can play the victim over the stupidest things on the planet and it'll get them thousands of dollars. You think this is the last time or the first time she's ever done this? I seriously, seriously doubt it. I mean, this is conditioning the worst kind of behavior in people. It's like, you know, how, uh, people are just conditioned to get offended by it. It, it makes me think of uh, people who start yelling at you because you accidentally called a they, a he or a she. And all of a sudden, it's, I have to go to, to trauma therapy because I got misgendered. Please help me raise enough money to pay for my trauma therapy. Otherwise, I'm going to get triggered every time I hear a pronoun that's not they. This is the type of thing that this reminds me of. And this puts everyone in society in a hostage situation. 
is what it does. And it's not like she doesn't have another job because she already got one. She's working at a, another restaurant called Raising Cane's. And she says in the article here, she told the Washington Post that she hopes to soon be promoted to manager. That makes perfect sense. A chick who just quit her job because an angry customer traumatized her hopes to be promoted in her new job to a position that deals with the most angry customers. Yeah, yeah it's perfect right there. This is a person you really want handling problems in your restaurant. Someone who at the first sign of stress has a complete emotional breakdown and is unable to do their job. Nice job with the higher raising canes. This is the last person, this type of mentality, that you want to hire. And not because of her trauma with the sandwich. That's bullshit. But because she's claiming to have trauma with the sandwich and she's raised over $6,000 based on that bullshit claim. Okay, and if she really does have trauma over a sandwich, then give her the $6,000, but you definitely don't need to be hiring her because you will be the subject of her next trauma. I guarantee it, this, the place is called Raising Canes too. Raising Canes, she doesn't want to raise any canes. It causes emotional flashbacks to burritos flying in her face. But Raising Canes has now put themselves in the situation of where they are going to be accused of causing her trauma, and maybe they'll be smeared by the Washington Post, and then another GoFundMe will be set up, and then the next company, who will hire her probably as a virtue signal. I guarantee you they hired her as a virtue signal. Is there any doubt about that? Goodness gracious. It'd be hilarious. To, like, I, I'm just imagining, well, I don't know if she's dates men or, or women or what. I don't know. Whatever person she dates in the future having no idea about this story because maybe she doesn't want to talk about it, although she probably talks about it all the time. But suggesting one day, hey, let's go get some Chipotle. And, and she just collapses. Maybe she's even driving and she just, oh, just collapses in the car. And the car just veers off the road and the guy or they has to reach over and grab the wheel. Okay, now moving on to the most viewed Wikipedia pages of 2023. So Wikipedia is just a major propaganda database engine. You know, I mean, it really does. It shapes people's perception about most of the world that we live in. And so I think it's interesting to see what they say that their most popular English Wikipedia articles of 2023 are based on page views, which you can kind of jack up the page views just by clicking refresh over and over again, right? Maybe empty the cache. I'm sure they can rig this. Number one, chat GPT with over 49 million page views. I would think it'd be more than that. Number two, deaths in 2023. Number three, 2023 Cricket World Cup. Really? That's a whole topic that has not crossed my mind once that just if this is true it's like whoa what's going on in the cricket world something must be going on in in the freaking cricket world at the 2023 world cup let's see actually did you know did somebody get a burrito thrown at their face during the cricket world cup or what 
It's officially it's the World Cup, 13th edition, international. Well, it's got a very purple, pink, pink, progressive looking image. And I don't know. Is there any controversy around it? Or is, is cricket that popular? Not, I don't know. Yeah, maybe cricket's super popular. I don't know. Super marketing. Who cares? All right. I, I have no idea. Do you guys watch cricket? Isn't that like the weird British baseball knockoff with like the they – like, they like hit the ball with what people's dads used to spank them with as a kid? I think that's cricket. Number four is the Indian Premier League. I don't even know what that is. Is that soccer? It's got to be soccer, right? Or football. No, no, wait. No, that's also, the Indian Premier League is also cricket. Why the F is, is cricket so popular? I got to start looking into this. There's got to be something. I, I Look, cricket's probably not easy, but I got to be honest with you. Cricket looks easy. I'd probably strike out if, if they even have that. But it looks very easy to me. I'm sure it's not. Number five is Oppenheimer. Number six is the Cricket World Cup. What the F? 25 million views? Did they pay a little bit of marketing for this? Number seven is J. Robert Oppenheimer. So everybody wanted to know about Oppenheimer. Everybody wanted to know about the bomb. Now that was definitely propaganda fueled with the marketing around that. And then a film called Jawan, J-A-W-N. I've never heard of that. That is a Indian Hindu language action thriller. All right. So a lot of Indian themes here in the top 25 list. Next, we have the 2023 Indian Premier League. Jeez Louise. Then we have Pathion or Pathan, P-A-T-H-A-A-N, which is another Hindu, Indian Hindu language. What is going on over there? Is do we need to be investing over there or something? They're just dominating the top 10 here. Number 11, The Last of Us TV series, which was terrible. Number, but also very woke. Number 12 is Taylor Swift. God, this is stupid. Number 13 is Barbie. Number 14 is Ronaldo. I think that's the soccer player. I, that, this better be the soccer player. I better not click on this and find that it's a freaking cricket player. It's not. And then Messi, the soccer player. And then Premier League. Is that another cricket thing? This is just like the same. I, I don't know. I'm baffled by this. And then number 17. Interesting. Matthew Perry. He just died. So people, I mean, I'm sure they might have searched him for other reasons, but that's a, that's a pretty big spike there. Number 18 is United States. 16,240,461 searches. And then we have number 19, Elon Musk. I can put this on screen. Forgot to do that. For that, for that. Yeah, Elon Musk comes in at number 19. So I would have thought Elon Musk would have been much higher, but they probably don't want to promote him any higher than they have to. Let's get down to the list here. Where are we? We're at 19? Yeah, okay. All right, now number 20 is Avatar The Way of Water. I did not see that. And then we have India, number 20. 
And then we have Lisa Marie Presley, number 22. Then Guardians of the Galaxy, volume 3, number 23. And then coming in at number 24, your 24th ranked Russian invasion of Ukraine. Had to slip that one in there. Guess there hasn't been enough time to get the Israel-Gaza conflict in there. And then coming in at number 25, I did not see this one coming. Andrew Tate. I didn't even know who Andrew Tate was until a few months ago. But I guess with his online presence and all the allegations against him and Pierce Morgan helped boost his searches. I, I just, it, just seem, it just seems like a weird list to me, doesn't it? It's weird because Wikipedia is helpful for some things, but it's so clearly biased. It's like ChatGPT. Or I guess ChatGPT is like it because it is currently more influential. But ChatGPT will, will match it eventually. So one more story here. I think this is going to be the last one. Yeah, all right. So one more story. And then we're going to do a quick DMB XR where we're going to talk about a new restaurant that everybody's been waiting for. You're going to, I don't know if you heard the story, but it's really, really exciting. And we're also going to talk about an ad that, according to precedent, the Democrat candidate who put the ad out should be in prison. And we'll talk about that in the DMB XR. If you want to get access to that, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there today. What you'll get is the DMB, this show, with the ads removed, along with that subscriber-only content. You get it put together into one RSS feed, and it goes into your own private Patreon feed, which you can pop into any podcast uh, app that you listen on. And as soon as I upload it to Patreon, it will upload in one show, no ads, to your app of choice. So check that out. Check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Brad Binkley, rumble, rumble.com, or excuse me, rumble.com slash the prop report. Subscribe to both of those. Follow me on Twitter at Freedom Act Radio. Check out the website, propagandafight.com. And if you're not in a position to subscribe or you uh, want to help in other ways, let the ads play through if you listen. We don't get anything if the ads are skipped, so it helps us out a lot if you let them play through. Or go to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a five-star review and a message that warms my heart. That helps me out supremely, and I appreciate everybody who does that. Thank you so very much. And share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. All right, let's get on to this final story of the day. This is my favorite story of the day, actually. Especially since GTA 6, the trailer, which we watched yesterday on the show, just came out. This is very fitting because this is GTA happening in real life, all right? So, this 28-year-old dude stole a Marta bus. He stole a Marta bus, which is one of those big, giant, long buses, which looks exactly like the bus that I stole on Grand Theft Auto last time I played it. Exactly like it. I like to drive around in it. I like to kick the bus driver out, then drive around, just dropping people off. I just want people to get there faster. They don't let you do that, though. Did this guy do the same thing in real life? Well, the story starts off very similar to GTA. He got on the bus. He threatens the bus driver. The bus driver gets off the bus, probably to the dismay of the one passenger who was still on it. (laughs) There was one passenger Still on the bus. Can you imagine being that person? You're sitting there, just trying to get to wherever you're going. 
You look up, somebody comes on, and they grand theft auto the bus driver, toss them out of the bus, and you're like, holy smokes. Now I'm on the bus with this crazy person, right? And, and he's driving the bus. And, and what did he do with this one passenger who remained on the bus after he stole it? He dropped her off at Waffle House. I mean, that's excellent service right there that you're not getting from the actual MARTA driver who will only take you to the official bus stops. This dude took you all the way to the Waffle House front door. And obviously, after he dropped off his one and only passenger and had no more stops to make, he did what everyone does, and he decided to go to Stone Mountain. He decided to go check out, in his brand new stolen bus, the world's largest freestanding piece of granite. Or the racist granite, as Stacey Abrams probably refers to it as. Unfortunately for him, those buses are kind of hard to maneuver, and as he was attempting to turn around in the Stone Mountain Park entrance, he crashed into the gate, and he couldn't drive the bus anymore. And after that, he calmly got up from his seat, put his jacket back on, and then just casually walked off the bus, and he was later arrested. Here's a, a video. This is from the newscast of the incident. You can see. And I'm George Esther. There's lots to get to tonight. We start with a look inside a stolen Marta bus. There he is if driving. Seen this video. All right, so you see the guy driving. I think this is the... Let's, let's make sure this is the guy who stole video. it. Watch it. Police say this man hijacked the bus, oh, yeah. took it to a Waffle House, and then took it to Stone Mountain. Channel 2's Larry Sproul got no details from Marta tonight. <laughs> he's, just, he's just casually driving. He's not even speeding. He's live where this all ended. Larry, that guy's now in jail. And George, they arrested him right here at the main entrance of Stone Mountain Stone Park. Mountain Park. Now, tonight, I'm walking. So I didn't even think about that. Stone Mountain Park is a beautiful place to go during Christmas time because they have all these. The whole place is just lights and, and all kind of stuff everywhere. It's very cool. You should check it out if you've never been, but you can see some of the lights right there in the shot. Talking you through the video and what happened beforehand. This man, 28-year-old Jamari Lee, is in jail Monday night. He's charged with hijacking a motor vehicle. MARTA police say that vehicle was a MARTA bus. Everything How happened big right that thing here is. at the intersection of Lawrenceville Highway and Still Drive. It was around 5 o'clock Sunday when a suspect got on the bus and threatened the bus driver. <laughs> she got off the bus oh, and called a she. for help. A she driver. That's when he took off and drove here to the Stone Mountain Park. This is where police arrested him. Channel 2 Action News obtained this video from Marta. It's from inside the bus. Uh, I'll take that back. I, so I grew up near near this area. This is where... So I've been over there many, many times. But, but look in the sky there. Is, is that chem, two massive chemtrails right there in the sky? I don't know. In this video from Marta, it's from inside the bus with Lee behind the wheel. You can see him getting off the Stone Mountain Park main entrance exit. As he gets <laughs> to the gate, he pauses and then begins to turn around. He narrowly misses this black car, but crashes into this gate. And right into Lee that Christmas then casually car. gets out of the seat, puts on his jacket, and walks off the bus. <laughs> so what is a bus driver supposed to do in a situation like this? 
We asked Marta. They told us in part, quote, He's the Marta no bus hurry. operator involved in last night's hijacking followed the safety protocol that is part of every operator's training. Once the customer refused to pay their fare and became verbally threatening, the bus operator contacted the bus communication center for assistance. Operators can contact BCC from inside the bus, but in this instance, the operator felt it's safer to exit the bus before calling. <laughs> Channel 2's Larry Sproul joins us back live. So, Larry, we got reports that someone was actually on the bus when it was taken. Do we know what happened to that person? <laughs> yeah, well, George, there, were what, there was one passenger on the bus at the time, but the driver dropped that passenger off at a Waffle House nearby. Police are still looking for that passenger just to ask him any questions. Meanwhile, the driver could be facing more charges. George? I can't even imagine what that passenger must have been thinking. Larry Sproul, thank you. Not worth a wide way around it. So, this guy is in jail right now for being a more a better driver than all of the regular marta drivers and dropping off some chick to go have some hash brown scattered smothered covered topped and diced while, while he goes and checks out the christmas decorations over at stone mountain all right someone should start a gofundme for this guy i might contribute to that one that's where we're going to wrap up the show for today. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see the rest of you guys in the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day. All right, this is the DMBXR. I am Brad Binkley. I'm going to start with this story here. Okay, so this woman is running as a Democrat in, I don't know where she's running, but her ad, I'll show it to you on screen, she told people to go vote on the wrong day. Now, I'll, I'll play the ad, but even Care. the audio of it Houston, is not even... Houston, I've spent my entire career fighting for you. From fighting to keep our kids safe from guns when I was on city council, to my days in Congress fighting to protect women's reproductive freedom, and for funding for our police, schools, and small businesses. Now I'm running to be your mayor. Because if we're going to bring down crime, fix our streets, and bring good-paying jobs here, then Houston needs a champion who's ready to fight for what's right. And I am. All right, so all political ads are just so stupid, unless they're making fun of it stuff. So you see at the end here, it's hard to see because these things. So it says December 7th, right there at the end. These pop-ups, see right there, December 7th, vote for her on December 7th. The only problem is that December 7th is not when the, the election is. The election is on December 9th, two days later. And so she show, showed the wrong date. And that stuck out to me because shouldn't she or whoever is responsible for telling voters to go vote on the wrong day, shouldn't they be in prison? Didn't a guy who made a meme telling Hillary Clinton voters to, was it call in a vote or whatever he did, it was obviously not true. And he's in prison now. Should this person not also be in prison? Where's the line here? And, oh, they'll say it isn't intentional. Maybe not for her. How do we know it's not intentional? How do we know somebody wasn't trying to play a joke? who works on her staff. Of course, then they would say it's a right-winger. It's a MAGA guy who 
lied his way onto her staff and is trying to sabotage her, then they will put the person in prison. But she should be responsible, should she not? Should she not vet her own ad? I mean, she's the one with vote December 7th, which is not the day, right next to her face. I think she probably won't go to prison, if I had to guess. I think that's a pretty strong bet right there. All right. So next I want to talk about penguin parents. I didn't know this, but penguins, their parents are badasses because they sleep for just a few seconds at a time to guard their newborns. The article here says that researchers have discovered that some penguins, uh, penguins I think are monogamous for their lifetime too. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? Some penguin parents sleep for only seconds at a time around the clock to protect their eggs and chicks. Can you imagine that? Hey, I'm going to go take a you know 25-second nap. I'll, I'll talk to you later on today. It's not a very long nap right there. There's the penguin. Looks must be a very, very sleepy penguin. It's a challenge for all new parents, getting enough sleep while keeping a close eye on their newborns. For some penguins, it means thousands of mini cat naps a day. I took a thousand three-second naps today. Chinstrap penguins, chinstrap penguins, it's an interesting name, in, Antar in Antarctica need to guard their eggs and chicks, probably from the aliens and the scientists around the world that are the only things that are over there around the clock, in crowded, noisy colonies. So they nod off thousands of times each day, but only for a few seconds at a time. That's kind of like Joe Biden. He's nodding off every, every few seconds, I think. And they do this to stay vigilant. They reported in the Journal of Science on Thursday, I guess last week. These short micro-sleeps, I'm going to take a micro-sleep. Are you micro-sleeping through church? Totaling around 11 hours per day. Wow, so they do sleep for 11 hours. They, they break 11 hours of sleep up into thousands of micro-sleeps. That's crazy. These penguins look like drowsy drivers blinking their eyes open and shut, or like Joe Biden. And they do it 24-7 for several weeks at a time. This guy, who did the, he's a sleep researcher at the Institute of Biological Intelligence in Germany. What's surprising is that they're able to function okay and successfully raise their young. So I guess none of the penguin kids turn to drugs or crime, despite their micro-sleeping parents. And chinstrap penguins, named for the thin line of black facial feathers resembling a chinstrap, usually lay their eggs in pebble nests in November. And as with many other kinds of penguins, mate, mated pairs share parenting duties. One parent tends to the eggs while the other goes out to strip clubs and bangs hookers. Excuse me. While the other, while the other ten, tends to the eggs and chicks alone, while the other goes off fishing for family meals. While the adults don't face many natural predators in the breeding season, large birds called brown skuas prey. They prey on the eggs and small fuzzy gray chicks. Other adults may also try to steal pebbles from the nest. I guess they're trying to steal those babies. So the devoted parents must always be on guard. I think probably most parents, if I had to guess, even when they're sleeping, their their babies like like the smallest thing will wake them up. If I had to guess, because if you have something on your mind that you need to get up for, your mind will wake you up. And having a child, I, I can only imagine that that's very sensitive for humans as well as penguins. 
The idea for the study, who cares about the idea for the study? For the first time, the scientists tracked the sleeping behavior of the chin strap penguins in the Antarctica. How do they, so this is what they're doing in Antarctica? Only the people who are going to be tracking how many naps penguins take a day are allowed to go over to Antarctica. I thought they were looking for the aliens underneath the ice. They collected data on 14 adults over 11 days. That's not very much data. But the micro-sleeps have some restorative functions. Well, that's good. I'm going to start micro-sleeping. Oh, sorry, just took a nap. Hope, you, hope I didn't miss anything. And so we don't know yet if the benefits of micro-sleep are the same for long, consolidated sleep. They also don't know if other penguin species do similar things. Scientists have documented a few other animals with special sleeping adapt, uh, adaptations. They say that frigid birds can sleep one half of their brain at a time. What? One half of their brain at a time. That sounds interesting, but I think we all do that. I think that's, that's what I was talking about a second ago. It's a, so what they're saying here is evidence that birds sleeps in mid-flight. People sleep where they're driving all the time. I think, that's, I think that's what people do when they doze off. But I also think that people, part of people's brains are awake like when they have children. Even if they might not be consciously aware of it, the moment they need to be there for the kid, bam, they're awake. Penguins live in a high-stress environment. They breed in crowded colonies. Where did you conceive? In front of dozens of my friends. And all their predators are there at the same time. And in front of everyone who wants to kill me. That's a weird conception process right there. Micro-sleeping is an amazing uh, adaptation to enable near-constant vigilance. That's interesting. I just thought that was interesting. Animals are interesting things. Penguins. Monogamy. What, are they all Methodist? They all go to Methodist church while they're you know, where the atheist predators outside waiting to kill them and watch them mate. I don't, I don't, it's very interesting stuff, I think. Have any of you been to Antarctica? Do you know anybody who has? What's going on there besides watching penguins sleep for very brief periods of time? All right, final story here that I know that everybody's going to be very excited about this. I, I know I'm excited. Like, if there's one thing the world needs right now, and I think everybody can agree on this, is a McDonald's spinoff restaurant. Is that not what everybody is asking Klaus Schwab for for Christmas? I, I know I am. Well, our dreams are coming true because McDonald's announced that they will be rolling out a new limited restaurant chain in 2024 called Cosmics. Cosmics. I don't know if I would go with the name Cosmics because it sounds like cosmonauts. And right now, I don't know if you want to sound like you're a Russian cosmonaut restaurant. Too late, they already announced it. In fact, I didn't know this. Apparently, Cosmic was a character in McDonald's commercials back in the 80s an astronaut-like character from outer space that lands in McDonald's land. So maybe he is a Russian. Maybe the Russians are behind this new McDonald's spinoff, and this is how they're infiltrating through a bad restaurant that nobody wants. Now this character, Cosmic, 
little Russian cosmic. I'm here to old. Would you like some McDonald's French fries? No, I'm American. I just love the American culture. I said, that's my Vladimir Zelensky, not, not the Russian. It's hard to get the two distinguished. So where's the picture of this idiot? There he is right there. There's a picture of this thing right here. It's, it's a little bit of a weird looking thing to base a restaurant on. Restaurant on. It looks like something that, to me, this character looks like something that you might zoom into and see when you're looking at a virus in a Petri dish. You know, not like something that I'd want to eat in a restaurant themed about. It'd be like eating at a restaurant that was themed around slugs. Just welcome to slug McSlugs. Slug characters everywhere. There's little slimy slug toys in your Happy Meal. Not a really appealing fast food place. Although probably not much worse than McDonald's. Now, the article describes the character, for those listening, as a round, googly-eyed, orange character with alien antennas placed on the top of his head, and it is in a chrome-purplish spacesuit with, I think... Look, so the image that you can see on screen, I think it has four arms. You can only see three of them. There's two out to the side of his spacesuit, and then there's one coming out the middle, but I gotta be honest, it looks like a penis hand. It's like it's got two arms and then a hand arm for a penis that's not i don't want to eat at a place themed around an alien creature it looks creepy that has two arms and an arm for a dick but that's just me maybe some people are into that i mean i certainly don't want that thing serving me a a a mcflurry his penis just gave me a mcflurry anyway I think that this is interesting how this article frames this thing. It says that it says that McDonald's fans have been anxiously awaiting the debut of this restaurant. Have they? Uh, is that really? I think that's a bit of a stretch. I, I bet you can't find one human being on the face of the earth who if you went up to and said, hey, what's wrong? You look a little like you're in distress. Are you okay? They would reply by saying, I'm I'm just anxiously awaiting the opening of of Cosmics. That person does not exist. The menu has not been officially announced yet. However, some keen observer in the Chicago area noticed where one was being built and saw that they had put the drive-through board up and went over and took some photos of the drive-through board. And according to the photos, this Cosmics, it will offer things like lemonade, coffee, coffee slushies, the galactic boost. I guess that's where this creature here shoves his hand right up your ass. Also, it is going to be serving sour cherry energy burst, a churro frappe. That's that's disgusting. The food items... You can look forward to the spicy queso sandwich. A, a queso sandwich? It's like Mexican queso just dripping from two pieces of, of McDonald's burger bread? This does not seem like a good idea to me. And of course, they're going to have the McDonald's staples, the heart stoppers, the McFlurries, and the McMuffins, and all the other disgusting shit you can shove down your mouth. When you go to McDonald's 
for a far more expensive price than it used to be. Let's wrap this up by watching that old trailer from the 80s when apparently this character was introduced. I do not remember this at all. Of course, I was very, very young when this came out. 80s ad, McDonald's, the story of Cosmic. Let's make that big. There we go. Ronald McDonald. Uh, So what you see at the beginning here is you see like some weird pathway and awful forest. It just reminds me of what movie does it remind me? There's a sun that has eyeballs, like cracked out eyeballs. It's kind of like Wizard of Ozzy. And you have, not Wizard of Ozzy Osbourne, just Wizard of Oz-like. And you have Ronald McDonald, and I don't know, is that Grimace? Yeah, Grimace's weird ass. And then I think, I don't know who this person is. But they're walking up this creepy road to start the commercial. Ronald McDonald and friends in the story of Cosmic. One day, a strange object landed in McDonald's land. Look! A silver flower pot! Oh, that's no flower pot, Grimace! Who's in there? This is Dick Arm. Cosmic here. I popped in from outer space on a train. Look, look, I'm sorry. Does that not look like a dick just pops out? But the dick is an arm. Cosmic here. I popped in from outer space on a trade mission. Trade? <sighs> okay. I'll take this and trade you that. I get it. Trade. Okay, I'll take this and trade you that. <laughs> Boy, he moves fast. How about joining us in a picnic? I've got the McDonald's cheeseburgers, fries, and shakes. All right. Trade you these for the lunch. Bye-bye. What was Ronald to do? Uh, yeah, what? I'll say. Uh, who is this? I don't know McDonald's commercial. Who is this person-looking guy? Everybody else is a weird, creepy costume thing. But this is like a... I mean, he's also weird and creepy. I actually met a guy like this once at Let Us Surprise You who just kept talking to me and my girlfriend at the time and started telling us stories then invited us over to his house. We did not go. But it, this guy reminds me of him, kind of. Who hangs out with all these characters? What normal... Hey, meet my friends, the freak show? And, and old Dick Arm from Outer Space? Ready these for the lunch. Bye bye. What was Ronald to do? Yeah, what? I'll save what? our lunch with my McMagnet. Cosmic couldn't hide. He was pulled by Ronald's McMagnet. What do you say we share? McMagnet? Now you've got the idea. Deliciously awesome. I've got to tell my people about McDonald's cheeseburgers later, dude. So Cosmic took off. Wow, what an incredible experience. Oh, right. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, I wish instead what they what would have been more fitting there is instead of making that little M that he pulls out onto the, to the table at the end, if he just pulled the the you know uh, uh, a dead body up on the table and they all just started feasting on the dead body. This is very creepy, and the creepiest part about it w- was the very disgusting looking alien that Ronald McDonald kind of raped into sharing. He used the McMagnet. The, the McMagnet, that's like a supervillain weapon right there. But that, 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 why would you make a fast food place, look at that guy's nose, modeled after this thing? I mean, look at this thing. Where, where's that close-up? Look at this. Hold on, let's see if we can find it. There it is. There's his face. We already saw his penis on. Well, who, who wants to go to this restaurant? No, who, I mean, this is a, a fantastic uh, idea right here 
what better way to sell food than to theme your restaurant after something that's definitely going to make people lose their appetite? That's where I'm going to wrap up the show for today. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.